0: Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 is where we're going to begin. As you're turning there, let me just encourage you uh, to do two things. One is sign up for our Christmas party on December 15th bring your family out, invite somebody to that, bring, bring a coworker. this is open to whosoever will, we do have uh, limited seating, so get on the list now, it's in the lobby, or you can see uh, Megan and, and get signed up, we want to see you and your family there, it's going to be a party, we're going to have fun, and uh, we're going to eat, and dance and sing and play games and just absolutely have a great great time so uh, that's on the 15th be there the other thing I want to encourage you to do is be here on December 23rd at 7 p.m. that is going to be a our first ever traditional candlelight Christmas Eve Eve service and we're excited about this so um, that's also an opportunity invite someone out uh, that will be our Christmas service uh, due to the fact that we will not have service on Christmas Day since that is a Sunday. Uh, take time with your family, all right? Um, but on the 23rd, we're, gonna, we're just going to spend it together loving Jesus and, uh, and having a great, great time. Have you got to Matthew 1? All right, good. We're going to get you talking 9 o'clock. All right, it's going to be on the screen behind me as well. So if you did not say yes, there it is. You have it now. And this is what it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. I think you need to pay attention when it says that. Like that's, that's a pretty important thing. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I want to just talk for a few moments today on this subject. What am I missing? What? am I missing? Father, I thank you for the moments we have shared and the Holy Spirit that has just absolutely permeated this place today. Father, I pray that we would leave here changed, challenged, and empowered. May we feast off of the table that you have prepared for us, even in the presence of our enemies. God, today may we take that and may we run with it. May it be nutrients to our soul. May it be energy and fire to our heart today. And may we leave here changed, challenged, and empowered in Jesus' name. Someone said amen. 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 Someone said my mind is ready. My My heart is open. I receive it. I I believe it. it. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. Have you ever heard a story? Someone's telling you a story. And uh, you're, you're having this dialogue with somebody, or maybe you're reading a story in the, in the news or, or you see something uh, on Facebook or Instagram or, or, or you're, you're going through this and, and, and it's just not making sense to you. Have you ever been, or as, as, have you heard something and you're like, there's just a missing element to this. What, what am I missing? Have you been? Anybody, am I, am I the only one? And you hear that, and you're like, "There is something that just seems off. What am I missing?" I uh, I've been dealing with with some some pretty pretty bad back pain and bulging disc and those kind of things. I uh, Feel sorry for me, but it's um, it's been it's been it's been a pretty rough re- week, and and so I've done done some physical therapy stuff this week, and uh, um, on Monday. Uh, one of one of the individuals that was doing a, a a deep tissue on my back and my legs and trying to get this get me right so I can stand here today and not be wheeled in um, uh, as as she's working on it um, i said i said hey it's it's the other leg like she's working on this leg and I'm like my sciatic pain is on this side and she's like working like hard on the other side and I'm like and I'm trying to be kind, right? Have you ever been in pain and somebody's just... And, it's, and I'm like, it's the other side. Like, I'm paying you to do this. Work the other side. And she said something so profound. I came home to Andrea. and said, I know what I'm preaching for the next year. She said this. She said, in order to work on your bad side, I need to work and strengthen the good side. And I just... I just want to work on your good side today. See, sometimes we have some pain in our life, like we we feel like we feel like the job is just too much. Anybody been there? It's just too weighty. We're just under a lot of pressure and strain and 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 we're dealing with, with financial trouble or or we're dealing with, with, with something that's going on and, and we're, we're, we're fighting through this. Or maybe we're dealing with with an absolute struggle and spiritual battle, and we're fighting. And we spend all of our time focusing on the bad things. But I just want to give a key today that maybe we need to start working on the good things so we can strengthen the good things so we can in turn fix the bad things. So maybe you don't feel like your marriage is on the rocks. Thank God, work on it. Because your marriage is going to help strengthen you for the days that you are in trouble. You need a fighting partner with you when days are rough. Uh, come on, somebody. Maybe, maybe your relationship, God, is not rocky. It's, it's not a mess right now. Thank God for still work on your relationship. Because what can happen is we can spend more time working on the bad. And we end up neglecting the good. And the good ends up suffering the pain for what we've been focusing on. So the question is, what am I missing? What, what, is, what is this? And Joseph's story has always just kind of kind of bothered me. I, I, I've preached this every year for the last, I don't know, Andrew, how long have we been pastoring? I preach during Christmas forever, it seems like, my whole life. My whole life. I just feel like, I, she said I was born with a microphone and a beard. It's not, it's not true. It's not true. Um, that would be creepy and weird. Uh, And, and, and this story with Joseph has just seemed just a little off to me. Just there's something missing in this story that, that I feel like I just got a little insight from the Holy Spirit from, Uh, and, and I want to, I want to help unpack this today. I want to give you an opportunity to find the missing piece for your life through the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph, the Bible describes as a righteous man, and we all celebrate Joseph for his integrity because he has this moment, and, and under, under the culture in that day, if a girl, read through Deuteronomy what happens when a woman who is engaged suddenly is not a virgin. Like, mama goes out and gets stoned. And if they catch the guy, he does too. Like, this is, this is a rough, this is a serious issue, and we've always commended Joseph, patted him on the back for his level of integrity, because the Bible says he wants to put her away quietly, like, like let's dismiss this, let's get rid of this, let's, I, and Joseph, Joseph is quitting on his relationship with Mary before his relationship ever really gets started. Joseph is, is putting her away, he's pushing her off before they ever actually get married. And he has, he has the right in his comprehension, in his understanding, this has never happened before. And it has never happened since. <laughs> he is the Messiah. And the reality is, is that Joseph had every, every right to go, hey, no, we, we need to deal with this. Like, I have... I have save myself i am a righteous man and joseph in his integrity is like let's go ahead and dismiss it let's go ahead and quit let's go ahead and push it off let's go ahead and dismiss this because it just doesn't make sense to me right now i know i know what she's saying i know what what's going on and then joseph has a dream and in the dream an angel appears to him and is like don't do it this is this is the promise and in that dream, Joseph realizes that, that God is, is at work here in this, in this moment. So my first point is this, and we're going to get into the missing piece, but my first point is this, good things happen to those who wait. You ever heard that statement? Good things happen to those who wait. And, and I think that oftentimes we will get very hasty in decision making, and hasty decisions will always lead to devastating outcomes. You ever made a hasty decision and instantly regretted it? Have you ever made a quick purchase on something and had buyer's remorse? You've you've done something, you've said something, you've responded some way, you've done something hasty. It's the knee-jerk reaction of, of what you've just experienced. And you're instantly like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I fully regret it. And I commend Joseph for not being hasty in his decision. Joseph's not hasty. Joseph sits, and the Bible says, as he was thinking about this. Like, if, 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 if my wife had come to me and said, hey, I got a, I got a baby, like, right before our wedding, we're going to have an issue. Because that wasn't me. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't believe that. Um, and, and, if, and if Joseph had been hasty, this story would have been written entirely different. And I wonder what story is going on, the narrative of your life right now, that because you have been hasty in certain areas, you're now living in regret in other areas, Or maybe you're living a narrative right now where you are thankful that you have not been hasty in your decisions and you have allowed a contemplative attitude. You have allowed meditation on what God has done and you've allowed that to seep into you and you're sitting back and you're thanking God for what you didn't do. Or you're thanking God for what you did do that provided you to where you are right now. Does that make sense? Hasty decisions are going to lead to entirely different outcomes and stories. They're going to lead to, to devastating outcomes. And I want to just encourage somebody in this house today. I know it seems like you cannot understand the story right now. I understand you don't understand the pain. I know you don't understand the pressure. I know it just seems different. And I'm telling you, there is something about the power of the Holy Spirit that will get on the inside of you. And I want to remind some saint of God. I want to remind some amazing person in this church from the top down today, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't dismiss it just because you can't understand it. Don't quit it because it doesn't make sense yet. Don't run from it because it's just too hard to comprehend. And no matter how bad it gets, your story is not over yet. I want to remind someone, don't dismiss it. Don't throw it away. Don't quit. If God's given it to you, if God's promised it to you, keep allowing the story to play out. Don't give up yet. I know it doesn't make sense. And no one would blame you. Joseph was righteous. Push her away. Dismiss her quietly. Quit on it quietly. But no, that's not your story. Your story is not one of quitting. If you if you had quit, you would not be here today. Come on, anybody in the house? If you had given up, you would not be here this morning. If you had thrown in the towel, you would not be here today. But thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through His. Come on, somebody. I'm talking. Don't give up yet. Don't miss. Don't dismiss Mary yet. Don't throw Mary out. Don't get rid of Mary because inside of Mary is the promise for your future. Mary is carrying the element that will save the world from its sins. And the promise inside of Mary is not just for you, Joseph. It's for the entire world from generations past, present, and future. And some of us here are getting ready to quit on things that God says, I've got a future that's going to save many, that's going to help many, that's going to bless many. Don't throw it away. Don't get rid of Mary. There is purpose on the other side of your struggle. There's purpose on there. There's life after the setback. Good things come to those who wait. My second point on this is that there are some things that can only happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's some things that can only happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like some, There's some things that you and I have experienced that this is like, yep, yeah, but God. Some of, you, some of you are living here right now, and you have been freed from addiction, and you're like, I, didn't, I thought I should be dead by now. but God. Can I get anybody to wave at me and say, I've had some but God moments. I was sick, but God's healed me. I was down, but God raised me up. I was lost, but God saved me. I was out, but God found me. I was blind, but God healed me. I was, come on, I, is there anybody in the house today? I, I was on the edge of giving up, but God brought me out. But God, there's some things that can only happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph had to believe in something he could not comprehend. And I believe that the God is challenging our church and he's challenging you as an individual. There are some things that just don't make sense right now that God is challenging you to believe. I, don't, I can't comprehend it. It's a little fuzzy. I don't understand it. And God's like, I'm challenging you to believe. There's an element here that we're missing. I can't comprehend it. I can't see it. He had to believe that there was the power of the Holy Spirit at work. So I'd like to say it like this. We need to expect that the Holy Spirit will do the unexpected. We need to expect that the Holy Spirit will do the unexpected. Have you ever walked into a church service not expecting to really be be like hit in the heart? Like all of a sudden, just the song is sung, and you're like, boom. Like, why did you do that to me? I wasn't expecting, I didn't come walking in through snow expecting to get punched in the eye by the Holy Spirit, right? But I did. And there it is. It's this so I would like to say, may we raise our level of expectation to believe that the Holy Spirit will do unexpected things. It will do unexpected things. So we have to learn to make room in our mind for God to do the unexpected, for God to do the impossible, for God to move. And Joseph had to create a completely different narrative in his mind to believe that Mary was actually pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. This had never happened before. He had to create an opportunity in his mind, expand his mind to believe that, hey, maybe, just maybe, This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe, just maybe, what you're experiencing is the Holy Spirit working on your good side. But God, I need need deliverance on my bad side. God, I need deliverance on the pain side. God, I need freedom from the the suffering I'm dealing with. Can I get an amen in the house? God, I just need I need to understand the bad side, it's 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 hurting so much. And God's like, no, 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 in order for you to heal on your bad side, I'm gonna have to work your good side because in your bad times, I want your good side to be strengthened. And God is strengthening your faith, He's strengthening your capacity. He's strengthening your leadership. He's strengthening your, your servanthood. He's strengthening who you are. He's strengthening your marriage. He's strengthening your relationship with him. He's strengthening your financial positioning. He's strengthening these things. But God, I've got pain on my right side. He's like, no, I'm going to work on the left side. I'm going to work on the things that just don't make sense right now. God, it doesn't make sense to where, no, no, I'm going to strengthen that. Because there's some, only some things that can happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what am I missing? What am I missing? I see the picture. Good things happen to those that wait. Joseph was not hasty. All right, I, I get the idea that there's only some things that can come by the Holy Spirit. I, I understand that. So what am I missing? My third and final point is this, is that you get what you ask for. You get what you, Have you ever heard that? And that's oftentimes used in a negative. So I'd like to flip it on its head and use it as a positive. You get what you ask for. Did you notice there is a missing element of this story, and it was an aha moment to me this week. The Bible said that Joseph decided to put Mary away privately. Joseph never asked God for his opinion. What are we missing in our life right now that we have not asked God about? We're easy to say, I've decided. I've figured it out. This is my, the reason why we, we, we have these painful moments, he said, is because we have decided. Joseph decided to put her away privately. Yeah, he waited. He was not hasty in his decision, thank God. Yes, there was only a work that the Holy Spirit could do. But Joseph never asked God. It took an angel to appear in a dream to tell him not to do what he had decided to do. I wonder if the story would have read a little different if Joseph had simply inquired from the Lord. What would you want us to do? How do you want me to handle this? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to serve? How do you want me to proceed? And I've noticed that a lot of Christians are more into declaring, decreeing than they are about asking it is easy to declare those things but it is hard to ask it is hard to just ask God we are so easy at writing our Christmas want list to Jesus and saying this is what I want and we tell him what we want but we never ask him what we want would it be would it be right if I offended my wife and I hurt her feelings and I messed with her because uh, I, have, I have done this. Like, I'm guilty of everything I'm saying right now. I've been harsh with my words or I haven't done something she asked me to do or, or, or there's things. And would it be right if I looked at her and I said, I decree and declare you will forgive me. Yeah, that, that works well, Tom, doesn't it? I'm telling you right now, you will forgive me of all of my transgressions. You will do everything I'm asking you to do. Woo! Divorce Tuesday. (laughs) And oftentimes we approach God that same way. I declare you forgive me. No! Will you forgive me? We go to God, and we come down, I'm going to try it today, and we say things like, how do you want me to handle the issue I'm handling? God, I've I've got this coworker that is absolutely just insensitive, frustrating, angering. God, how would you have me handle this? God, I've got a financial burden on my shoulders that I cannot bear anymore. These bills are stacking up. The hospital keeps calling. There's things we cannot afford. And, 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 and instead of saying, I declare every hospital bill gone. That sounds great. That gives me goosebumps at times. But maybe we're missing the element. Because God's like, I'm going to have to send an angel to slap you upside your head to realize that what you are about to do is a grave mistake. You're about to throw away your promise because you cannot understand. And what you've been saying is, I declare, I'm telling, I'm decreeing. And God's like, no, all I want you to do is get on your knees and say, ask. Ask and you will receive. I I wonder if the element that we're missing in the story is we've missed asking God. In fact, James 4 says you do not have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. God, take the pain out of my right leg. I decree it's over. And God's like, no, I wonder if you'll just ask me to strengthen your marriage. I wonder if you'll ask me to strengthen your relationship with me. I wonder if you'll ask me to strengthen your ability to serve. I wonder if you'll ask me to strengthen your capacity to live. Strengthen the good side. And I've got to the understanding of why don't we ask God for the things that we need? And I wrote a list. One, I think it's because we know best. We know better than God. We'll put Mary away privately because we know best. We think we do. I think that there's times we don't ask God because it's just inconvenient to do so. It's just inconvenient. I think we don't ask God because we are afraid of rejection we're afraid to work on the good side when it's the bad side that's in so much pain we're afraid that it won't turn out the way we want it to turn out so it's easier to declare it's easier to tell than it is to ask god because what if it's a no what if it's a what if it's a detour what if it's a bend in the road I think we're afraid to ask God. I think the reason why we don't ask God is because we don't know how to word it. Have you ever wanted to ask somebody something but you just don't know how to word it? I don't know. I don't really know what I want. Have you ever had that moment where my wife and I were like, well, "What do you want?" "I don't know. I just want something." And we've had moments like, "What do you I don't know." And maybe we don't ask God because we just don't know how to word it. Or maybe, maybe it's because we're too timid and insecure about it. John says it like this in 1 John. And we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. And since we know He hears us when we make our request, we also know that He will give us what we ask for what we ask for John writes to a a church that is dealing with some political pressure and he uses this word confident that word confident in the greek is parisia and 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 is very much similar to our first amendment anyone thankful for the first amendment right we have anybody know what that is that's the freedom of speech yeah, the ability of freedom of speech. And there was, there was a conflict in Greece where they were dealing with how to have freedom of speech, what this looked like. And they had two words for it that they argued back and forth on. It was, it was Isagoria and it was Parisia. And so they were back and forth. And Isagoria is the right of citizens to participate in public and democratic debate. And then there was the Parisia side of it where it was the right to, of citizens to say whatever they want, whenever they want to whomever they want. They finally decided on this parisia moment that that this is how we do things, that you can say things publicly whenever, wherever, to whomever. And I'm thankful that through the ages, there's things like our country could establish our First Amendment rights when our forefathers began to write the Constitution and began to put in these these, these amazing things because they realized that, hey, it could work for other countries, maybe it'll work for us, and it gives us the right as citizens to be able to voice our opinion. We've had a lot of censorship in our country lately. We've had a lot of cancel culture in our country because they're afraid of the free speech of the American people. They're afraid of the voice of the people. They're afraid of what they're going to expose and what they're going to say. Am I talking to anyone in North Idaho? They're afraid of all these things. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not being political this morning. I'm, I'm bringing it back to the Bible. But I'm just reminding you that there has been years and years and years and years of blood, sweat, and tears to get things like our First Amendment accomplished. But there was, there was these arguments there. So John writes to a church in the New Testament and says, we are confident. We are Parisia is the translation. What is he saying? That we have the freedom and the ability to say whatever, whenever, to whomever And he said, "We have the Parisia and the Parisia gave the people of Greece great joy, great hope and freedom. It gave them, it gave them a, 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 a shamelessness, it gave them a boldness, it gave them a frankness, it gave them a fearlessness, that when they were able now to speak publicly, they didn't have fear that the people they were speaking about or the people they were speaking to would come in and take over. There was a freedom that was given to them, just like you and I have the freedom today to be able to post, tweet, or, or whatever you want to do, anytime you want to do it. We have that ability, even though it has been threatened, we have that ability still. And the reality is is that these people of Greece, when that was released, John is writing to them in their language and he says, this is the parousia that we have and it is the confidence, it's the fearlessness, it's the boldness that when we ask God for anything... He's not going to smack us. He's not going to arrest us. He's not going to look down on us. But when we have the parousia to ask God for anything, he will give us anything we ask. This is the power. It gives us a boldness, a freedom, a confidence that I'm a citizen of heaven and I've got free speech with God. Come on, somebody. Come on. James says this. If you need wisdom, ask Our generous God, and he'll give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. Matthew 7, Jesus says, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you'll find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open." You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Mom, dad, grandma, great-grandma? Christmas time, fill their stocking with coal, I want a barbie, and you're like, no, you get a rock, can I have Thanksgiving dinner, no, you get a hard muffin, it's like, if, if you parents won't do that, how much more will our God, and this is what he said, or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Ask Him. That's where it is. Maybe we have not received because we have not asked. Maybe we're ready to quit, throw in the towel, throw away Mary. We're working on the bad side because that's the only thing that keeps hurting us and keeps our focus. And God's like, no, no. If you'll ask me, I'll give you the wisdom generously. There won't be no rebuke. I'm not going to hold it back. I'm not going to give you a snake. I'm not going to slap you across the face. I'm going to give you what you ask for. And I've realized this band come. Not every closed door is a no. Did you notice this in scripture? knock. We look at a closed door and we're like, God's not in it. No, no, no. The faith is to stand at the closed door and knock until it opens. Not every closed door is a no from God. Not every obstacle is a blockade. And not every invisible thing has to stay hidden. John says it like this in his writings about what Jesus said. And Jesus Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he said, you haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. You know why you have abundant joy? Because you've got freedom of speech as a citizen of heaven. You know why you have abundant joy? That when you ask, he'll do it. But Jesus looks at his disciples and says, you haven't done it like this before. His disciples, the guys that are with him the whole time. He's like, you haven't done this before. And I'm talking to a church, talking to people. Maybe this hits us right where it hurts today. Maybe you haven't asked God. You've told him, you've declared, you've prophesied, but you haven't got down on your knees in a humble position to the great Messiah and King and said, I'm asking you for wisdom. God, how do you want me to serve? How do you want me to give? I'm asking you to heal. I'm asking you to restore. I'm asking you to revive. I'm asking you to take the broken things of my life and put them back together. I'm asking you to give the spouse I've been praying for. I'm asking you to open doors that seem to be closed. I'm, I'm asking you if it's your will let it be done. If it's not I accept that too. But God don't let me throw away the thanks because I have forgotten to ask. Don't let me get so frustrated because i have forgotten to ask don't let me give up on living for you because i have just forgotten to ask restore a confidence now father restore parisia in the lives of your children that when we come to you we come with a confidence a fearlessness a boldness knowing that if we'll only ask you'll give you'll give all over this room would you stand with me David said it like this in Psalms 2, only ask <sighs> only ask oh, only ask and I will give you The nations as your inheritance. The whole earth as your possessions. Oh, only ask. So what is it that you need from God this morning? What is it right now that you need from God? Have you been so caught up in the busyness of just existing that you've lost the feeling of strength that only comes from the power of the Holy Spirit? You feel like you've only got strength in one leg and not both? And you've been working on the bad leg. Because like, I've given you both legs. But we're going to work on the good leg. Have you been just getting through Been in survival mode so long that you haven't stopped to ask God for what you need. What is it that you need from God today? Because if you'll only ask, you will receive. receive. Heads bowed, eyes closed. House lights, if you'll go down. It's a holy moment today. I just, I feel the Holy Spirit working. God wants to restore someone's joy in asking. Their confidence to ask again. Maybe we've been living righteous, yes, but we've missed the element of just asking. There's freedom in the ask. There's hope in the ask. In just that moment of purity, saying, What do you want me to do? Your future's on the line. Your marriage is on the line. Your kids are on the line. It's, it, it, your ministry's on the line. This is at stake. It's at risk. If you'll only ask, He'll do the impossible thank you so much for joining us today i want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow jesus to transform your soul we pray that you have an amazing week thanks again for being a part of the encounter church family god bless you